0: Survival Kit for the Mental with San Canessa. Rise and stretch. Thank you for this cup of coffee for I Don't Know Why I Need to Get Up. I'm San Canessa welcoming you to Survival Kit for the Mental squeezing your mind and gut tightly from central america i'm a painter artist noise maker mover shaker neurodiversity activist bipolar queer human from el salvador yes that tiny little nugget below mexico below guatemala gratitude for my friends and family who keep making me make sense of this life what would I do without you thank you for voices in my head that guide me to record these fascinating controversial rants in which I get to explore my own mentals mental health and the arts and what it means to survive these times that make absolutely no sense attempting To indeed make sense of it all, together, maybe, we will create a survival kit to endure our mind and this world. May this podcast inspire you to play and doubt everything. far making sense of it all welcome to episode eight connecting through our ears this week has fucking been insane i have first of all been very blessed to be held and accompanied by family and friends that i love dearly very grateful that I've been able to rely and press myself against, you know, my friends and family doing things that I haven't been able to do myself because of the anxiety that I've had. I'm very grateful that my art practice is slowly coming to the surface because honestly it's one of the only times I find where I'm not obsessing about the fact that I don't have masks in my house right now and other things obsessing about the lack of control I feel during these quarantine times the lack of control I feel in regards of contagion like I can't control, I can't control being contained I can't control being contaminated and or contaminating someone else so definitely my OCD and anxiety is very high and there are moments in the day when it's not that present I had the pleasure again this week I was able to meet with Kelly Montes so I decided to do this episode with her and share our wonderful conversation which gave me a lot of ease and presence and tools to come back to one day at a time because I'm a fatalist and to say like I love being at home I'm a hermit being at home is not hard for me so I'm good with that grateful for that and the air is very different I'm concerned because I can't control anything and I'm not really sure what's happening. All my trust issues are surfacing. I'm not really quite aware of what I believe in, but I'm definitely taking fucking precautions. So be there as it may, welcome to Survival Kit for the Mental episode eight. I'm San Canessa. Once again, loving you from El Salvador, holding you from a beautiful garden, holding you with the birds and the chicharras because I'm doing this recording in the evening for the first time. So may you enjoy Kelly and the rawness and please write or share your experiences and let me know if this survival kit is actually forming shape or what shape is it taking for you so a little quiver in my voice because I'm just being myself today may you enjoy and celebrate welcoming Kelly Montes mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher wonderful guide into the world of self-awareness and breath And the present moment, so may we guide you into a little break of whatever it is you're feeling in this moment, in this breath, loving you through your Greetings, everyone out there and in there. We are rejoined this week with our sweetheart, <laughs> Kelly Montes. <laughs> um, come to a sweet surprise to have her again with me, recording this eighth episode. And I felt it was appropriate, and not even appropriate, I felt it was a gift me to come and spend some time with her this week under the global current, border current, um, what would you call it, quarantine current situation. A lot of people are going through this week and weeks, maybe. So yes, I wanted to bring her back to you and to me and to come up with some Skills, tips, mind, ticks to endure these mental times. So, hi Kelly. It's good to be back. (laughs) It's good to be here. In quarantine.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, so I came in this week kind of freaking out. Not freaking out, but... Disheveled. Disheveled. <laughs> disintegrated, scattered. I felt really scattered this week, not, or today, not really sure whether, what part of that scatteredness to believe in, and not fully able to discern what was me and what was my scatteredness. So I came on my knees to Kelly's doorstep, and it continued as followed.
1: Yeah. yeah. Scattered, I think, is a common experience for most of us when our routines are disrupted and all of our ways of being in life are challenged. But it's an invitation. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's really an invitation to see what's essential. You know, Was it essential that I go every Saturday to the mall and go shopping? Is that really essential to the nature of life? Or is it okay to be with what is? Just, just for a while, just for a particular period of time. We've, we've been in trance, we've been hypnotized into believing that a certain way of living reflects
0: our success in life. Our worth. Our worth. Worthiness, yes. Our identity. Totally our identity. Yeah, our val- our value, our I mean for me it's interesting this these last few days I've, you know, stayed at home for the last two days. And I love staying at home. And I work from home. And now that I can't, I don't have the freedom to go outside, being and staying at home feels uncomfortable. feels, I have a feeling of entrapment even though I'm not trapped. And, you know, on my drive here, I was even kind of focusing on these narratives of, kind of previous life prosecutions or times in this life where I've felt captive and nothing is happening, as you were saying. Nothing is happening to me in this moment. Yet it's interesting how the mind just brings my body back into these states of detainment, kind of. Yes. Whether if it's been because of certain situations with the cops or situations with families or situations with mental health or situations with, like, fight-or-flight danger. And now to this place where nothing is happening, but somehow something feels like... It feels like something is happening, right? Because some things are happening. <laughs> uh,
1: things seem to be happening. But if you... As we did that little short meditation, if you don't touch memory, which is full of identity, and you don't touch imagination, which has the potential to catastrophize, if you bring your presence just to here, right now, again, in just this moment, what's happening?
0: we're enjoying our time together we're lucky to be able to be together in this time doing this recording so a lot of gratitude and awareness about that and the beautiful thing that I hadn't said that to you before and case scenario what would you say let's see if you were dealing with you know a few people who were locked in their house not used to staying at home, right? really concerned whether if it's about their finances and it being able to like buy their food yeah. or really concerned about their mental health and the fact that they can't do the things they religiously do to work on their mental health or, you know, all the possible caretakers of people that are 90, who, all the possible kind of different scenarios because I'm very privileged. In my scenario, where like, I don't really have anyone else to take care of. My relatives are taken care of. My significant others are safe. I'm able to drive out. Yeah. And what about the people that can't? What would you calify that? Yeah.
1: First of all, you don't want to catastrophize. And you don't want to add more energy to a narrative that is frightening all by itself. Because when we're unfamiliar... With this aspect of our journey the tendency is to overreact the mind's tendency the mind's tendency is to grasp I don't like this what's going to happen this a lot of what we're talking about is in the future a lot of what we're talking about is heightened by the media what can you do right now can you call a friend can you Skype If you're really feeling that you're uh, having issues, can you call a therapist or a hotline? Mm -hmm. Can you bring that, that knowing back to just this moment that if you stay focused with right now, only right now, are you okay? We're, as a collective species, we're going to have to make adjustments. So many people are living from payday to payday. How are they going to pay their bills? How are they going to keep the lights on? This is a collective knowing. It's not an isolation of some people are going to fall through the cracks. Millions of people are going to fall through the cracks. And we as a species will not let that happen. They're talking uh, across the globe on how we're going to sustain people through this particular period of time. I posted yesterday on Facebook. I know of several companies that they're, they're a restaurant and uh, they're going to have to close down. But they have made a commitment that they're going to pay their employees as long as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we're going to do, it's going to be a new way of being in life, a new way of taking care of each other, a new way of helping each other, a kinder way. And I don't know what that looks like, but maybe you do in that moment when you have the impetus. Yeah, I can call my aunt. I can give her that comfort. And in giving somebody else comfort, you're going to feel that comfort. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was hearing this cultural somatic um, Zoom the other day. And, uh, well, just the concept of cultural somatics, right? And how... You know, and if you are of service, you have a stronger immune system. Yes. That yes. was one of the, yes. the key points. And then, um, yeah, just, oh, also that, you know, because we have a power of, in visualization, right? Visualization, meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, when you visualize, it's interesting. There was this invitation in this cultural somatics that, you know, when you are in a state of reverence towards something, you become stro- you, you become stronger. Yes, you know there's like you know to see, let's say if you were to be faced with a virus, if you were to face it with no fear but more of reverence of its capacity, of its kind of ability to mutate, its ability to regenerate, its ability to transmit. You know, you kind of become immune to it a little bit more than when you're faced.
1: Well, you, you totally dismiss the fear.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We are human beings. We are one species. Something that started on the other side of the world can affect somebody else, literally, almost uh, simultaneously in time. Now. How beautiful is that to finally have the proof that we are all connected. This idea that I am of one nation and you're of another nation and I am one color and you are another color and I believe in one God and you believe in another God and that all this should divide us is now being seen as when it comes down to life or death, we are all pretty much the same. Right? Pretty much the same this virus is also a living entity it lives through us we are the host mm-hmm. right so if i uh if if i know that as a human being i have a certain amount of time on this planet i am supposedly considered in that higher risk i'm an older older i think i think i like to be called a wiser you know Growing sexy. (laughs) Exactly. Then I already know, and it is no surprise to me, that I have a shorter period of time on this planet than you do, and that I would not want to live forever. So nothing's really happening, is it? The ones that are the weakest and the ones that are the oldest, those that are going to transcend their physical body anyway, it's just going to happen at a larger scale, and possibly it's healthier for the planet. I mean, that can be very
0: controversial for some people to hear. Of course, because they're scared to death. That's the thing. I hadn't really thought about how a lot of the high-frequency panic energy is just a lot of, let's say, patriarchal higher power fearing this immortality, right? Yes. Like fearing you know, kind of like being taken the veils off with, like, and pursuing immortality in themselves. You know, because I, you know, a lot of people with power not being able to buy their way through this is already kind of showing, you know, what you were talking about, the equality when it comes to...
1: Right. We are all equal. We are all Um, equal on on this level. So when you wake up in the morning... uh, if you wake up in the morning, right? Let's just say that. Let's put it that way. If you wake up in the morning, then your first impetus is to be grateful. Millions of people, anyway, are not going to wake up. Millions. But now we've made this into a monster, into, into a fear thing. We should always have our affairs in order. Meaning, tell those people that you love them, that you love them. Enjoy the sunlight as it streams through your window. Enjoy your food. Figure out a way that you can be in wise relationship with the life that you have now. Because it's not going to last that much longer anyway. We're In the West, we think that we are immortal. Everybody else is going to die except me. This is a wake-up call. Be okay with it. Uh, the time that you do have, whether it's another 10 days or another 50 years, is short in comparison. You know, there there was a study done, uh, and what came out of it was a lot of people that are given that phone call, I'm sorry, but you have stage 4 something kind of cancer. Many of them said they didn't start living life until they realized how quickly death was at the door. So on a global scale, and I know this for a lot of people is really hard to stomach, but nevertheless it's a fact. On a global scale, if you're in good health, if you've got uh, an opportunity to be grateful and to enjoy something, a moment. It's your responsibility to do that, because it doesn't make the quality of your existence any sweeter because you're worried about the end. The end is coming anyway, right? Even if you make it through the virus,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. Another um, another thing that's come up around this, you know, pretty mental, curious time is the private the the privation of touch between Yeah, people. yeah. You know, and especially like I know that certain I had a friend recently be like, "God, it's hard to touch." She is from the US living in Mexico. Uh-huh. She's like, "God, it's t- it's hard not to touch people here because, yeah. you know, we touch yes. all the time." Yes. And I know there's also communities and cultures that aren't used to touching as right. much, but it's interesting, you know. I I can be myself be very physical Uh and at other times be very please don't touch me Mm -hmm. and recently with this small shift you know we're in El Salvador we're not yet at a place where we're really asked not to touch right you know we've been hinted that it's coming or please stay away from people but it's not quite there yet and to see that slight pull away from people saying hello, you know, from... I think that's the most difficult part of it. I think, you
1: know, we are pack animals. Mm -hmm. And here in El Salvador, we're also physically um, uh, attracted to each other. We do the hug, we do the kiss. You know, when we talk, we put our hand on each other's arm or shoulder or something, meaning that we feel that connection. And so the, the putting the hands together and saying namaste is a beautiful way to still can keep that, that contact. The deal is, what you can't do physically, do with your eyes. Right. Do with okay. your eyes.
0: It's extremely intimate, but be aware of that. I mean, and it says so much because the times I've... Encounter people, that would say at the grocery, and greet uh-huh. them from afar. Uh-huh. Their eyes say so much. People are also yeah. in such a vulnerable place that I feel and need to guard my kind of eye because I don't want to take them in all the time. You never really mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. How but people... on purpose,
1: go to the grocery store and see how many people you can smile at and will smile
0: back. Right that make now, eye contact. I'm not contact. going to the grocery store, Kelly. I'll, I'll go for you. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> Give me a list. I'll pick up what you need. Yeah, but but no, it's true. By one
1: by one, we we as a culture we seem to be very uh, loving and touching and kissing and hugging. But really, be aware of how much eye contact is actually happening. This, when when somebody feels comfortable enough to make eye contact with you, it also has a certain there's a level of open consciousness for them. You take in so much information through the eyes. It's quite intimate. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. God. Good stuff. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be curious. I just, it's funny, you know, kind of what, going back to what you said about people with stage four cancer being like, oh my God, now I want to live, you know, because for me in this time, I've seen my fear of death and my fear to live. Yes. Right. Yes. And so that is in its own a, a constant dance that I'm grateful to be able to see it at, at this clarity. You know what this like 4G mm-hmm. you know clear streaming that I am now. And also this relationship to touch, right? Cuz as I was saying, like I love touch and then I hate it, right? And what does it mean when someone else tells you truly that you no one can touch you, right? Or mm-hmm. like when you're a hermit, like when someone else outside of yourself is like you cannot leave, mm-hmm. right? And it's such an interesting kind of opportunity to really get to know yourself. And respect And why you do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And find possibilities from there. But it's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it ain't the... I guess this is the brave thing. You know, even what you're sharing, even the mindfulness, going in silence, not going so crazy on social media, that is a very brave thing to do. It takes a little courage
1: because it takes a tremendous amount of awareness and presence. Meaning you have to pull your attention away from the habitual, habitual mind story of how you used to be and how now you have to be, which also gives that feeling of lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. But you have all the freedom in the world to respond in a loving, kind way. First towards yourself,
0: and then towards others. Yeah, and you know, originally, <clears throat> it's very interesting, because I thought this episode would be about the hypersensitive experience. Mm-hmm. And just now as we were talking, because a lot of this, I guess this podcast is truly intended for everyone, right? Yes. And I also hope that people that are struggling with mental health under these circumstances get to listen. And there was this thing of in, kind of going into hyper, what it was to be hypersensitive. Because um, when you're hypersensitive, I feel like, speaking for myself you are overly stimulated really quickly and get really overwhelmed, but there is a tendency for you to seek the overstimulation. Yes. Like you can't stop yourself from yes. like, oh my God, you know what do yes. because I see it with myself, you know, I've had the whole morning not looking at any social media or turning on my phone and I know it's going to do me so, it'll throw me off for five hours. But there's like this thing where I'm automatically like, let's see, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Like subconscious, I know, but I still yeah. go. Uh. But you so. know what that is? Because mm-hmm. we've talked about this. This is an
1: addiction to adrenaline and cortisol. Right. The body is innocent, right? But every time we decide that we're going to give ourselves a hit of stress, a, a hit of fear, a hit of uncertainty, that cortisol pervades the body, and the body's like, "Ooh, I don't know what that is, but I want some more of that." It doesn't doesn't recognize it as something that's bad for it. But we know that cortisol is bad for the body. And this is why I say, you know, your job is to get up every morning and write something that you're grateful for. To really sit with the turning off the spigot of the cortisol and turning on the spigot of the dopamine and the serotonin. And how do you do that? what you focus your attention on. Just like you focus your attention on social media, you get your hit of cortisol and adrenaline. The fight, flight, or freeze, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's quite addictive. So is dopamine serotonin. But do it on purpose because those are the lighter chemicals that flood the body. So you just feel calm and you feel good. And when you feel calm and good, the body is in a state of uh non-resistance but for some reason we prefer that harder hit of a drug mm-hmm. the one that makes us feel like we're in it we're fighting we're we're resisting we're we're going to we're going to take this virus and
0: we're just going to wrestle it to the ground and that <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it, it's like feeling sick right because in a no. way I wonder even in, like, epigenetics and somatics, you know, epigenetics is the way that our environment affects us, like, cellularly and energetically, whatever. And so, uh, to see how, you know, even though we're being safe in quarantine, what part of us feels sick already, because in some way we maybe collectively always feel like we're sick, some people more than yes, other, yes. of course, and then just through this time especially with the news and I mean mostly in the more so even in the U.S. I've been kind of I've experienced how the news affects Mm -hmm. people right Mm -hmm. on a larger Mm -hmm. scale and just connecting it to that hypersensitive point which is like people can't stop right so even in this time like is there a way for individuals to not focus so much on like what is lacking at the store What is being bought at the store? You know, how are people navigating, going somewhere else and kind of focus more like on their experience and the people really close by to them. But again, the cortisol is amazing. So you look it up like, you know, what's missing at the store. Exactly. So. We know, science knows,
1: that if you had a grandmother who went through the Depression or a World War or whatever, that her way of being with that trauma can be handed down to up to three or four generations. So as we go through our own moments here, it, that, that, Trauma is on a cellular level in our own bodies, right? Like you could have your great-grandfather's ears. Well, you can also have some of the stories that have been handed down to you. So when an event in real time triggers that, there again, the whole body goes into that heightened alert of survival. And when we're in that heightened alert of survival and the cortisol and the adrenaline is going, then the mind looks for more reasons to justify more of the very same. Oh my God, there's no toilet paper. Everybody's buying hand sanitizers. I need to do that too. So it feels that if I'm going to protect this organism, I have to do whatever is necessary to do it. Unfortunately... That kind of stress on the body cannot be sustained over a very long period of time. Yeah. Right. So let me ask you, in this period of time, what are you finding as those uh, tools in your toolbox that's helping you be in better relationship with the moment? Well, I...
0: I want to acknowledge the part of me that likes to feel sick, right? Yeah. I recognize the part of me that immediately went into the fear of death and the fear of life. Like, I was, I mentioned earlier, like, I was shocked at how I thought I would be, like, floating, right? Like, Mm -hmm. providing light. And I was instead in, like, a panic attack on my car driving, and it's not even that bad, right? So I want to acknowledge that part of me, which, yeah, really likes cortisol. Mm-hmm. You know that, and to not make it any less sacred. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I do. I've seen it especially with a, kind of a a lamplight, like a lupa, that I, really enjoy kind of fight or flight or fight flight or flight yeah. states and. Also, you know, it's it's met by this other part that is like uncertainty is fine, right? Yeah. Like looking at what I have and the excitement of like this is kind of what you always wanted the world to stop. Mhm. Mhm. And the the guilt also present that. If I'm not worried and everyone's worried, what does that mean? <laughs> I should yes. be worried like them. Does this make me not empathic or mm-hmm. apathetic? Yeah. And so I feel like it's all of them. And then, you know, the patience, that will probably take me a little bit to settle down and into whatever it is that this you know, new trip will bring.
1: Right. And, and recognizing that fear is contagious. Oh my God, it is yeah. so and, and you can see awesome. also how fear can uh, sell. You know, uh, even, even when you're watching something that's a bit more on the medical side, and they say, wash your hands for 20 minutes, and use soap, and that that da, da da Well, the mind says, okay, if, I, if, if I'm going to wash my hands for 20 minutes, I need to go out and buy all the soap I can get, because I'm
0: going to be doing that all day long. Well, and that's so crazy because yesterday, I you know, talking to another friend, we were talking how science is now taken over religion, the role of like religion in like for at least in like, let's say Central America, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows South America? But just this kind of now, like the 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 mir- the mirror between what religion used to say being the right. reason of the plague and how you would stop the plague to now science, yes, being kind of revered in that way where like all of a sudden anything science says is true and i see it within myself i'm like what do they say during the day you know and then being like <laughs> yeah. how am i going to believe this people i've never believed them i've never watched the news and now all of a sudden they're the i believer but however
1: science will be uh very honest when it says we have no idea where Th- this is uncharted territory mm-hmm. um we don't know how long quarantine really is going to be it could be a year it could be more than a year it, this virus is not on our time it's doing its thing on its own time
0: yeah and a year kelly is just being you know um real i guess and just open to possibilities you know let's eliminate dates yeah let's, let's eliminate just, let's, time we just stay just
1: stay in the now do what you can breathe, take care of yourself, take care uh, emotionally of your neighbors, practice altruism,
0: equanimity, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: patience.
0: Yeah. And for any control freak or OCD person out there what is a good survival tip for the week?
1: I think for them to recognize in their OCD which part of that is working well for them, right? Mm. If it feels good to wash your hands longer, wash your hands longer. If it feels Mm. good to uh, wash your sheets every night, wash your sheets every night. Whatever you're doing that you feel gives you peace of mind and is not harmful, stay in wise relationship with it. Be kind to yourself. Right, it's like if you judge yourself, you don't really get to know yourself. And if you judge yourself, you're just putting another layer of, um, it's not real, right? The judging of yourself. If I judge myself that I'm always fearful every time I get onto social media, then I am just, uh, uh, what, what is it called when you... Keep going over the same thing over and over again. Oh, I know. You're creating a new reality. (laughs) Yeah. And meditate. You've got to pull away from the stories that the mind makes. You have to come to that place where you see that there is reality, then there's my stories about reality. Ten percent of what's happening to you is... uh, Real, you know, there's really is a virus of it out there. 90% of your story is how you want to respond to it.
0: Yeah, so thanks so much. You're so well, Kelly. You're so good. And thank you, everybody. I hope you stay hydrated and sane. And watch comedy. And watch comedy. Yeah. Indeed. Watch a lot of comedy. And laugh at yourself. Yeah. As much as you can. Yeah. And and at the end of the evening,
1: just before you go to bed, you might want to say to yourself, whether it was the best day of your life or the worst day of your life, let it go. Everything's fine. Nothing's happening. Tomorrow's another day. <laughs>
0: We're doing the best we can. So that was Kelly Montes and San Canesa for you pebbles. May you have a week full of kindness, full of self-care, full of living one day at a time and letting it go when the day is done. May you have a week of ultimately accepting things as they come, and may you have the compassion to love yourself regardless of what shows up as you, to you, and once again, love the camaraderie, love the online support, love the invisible current of. Just change in the best of ways. And may you find eh, whatever works for you to work for you. See you next week. Maybe sooner, because this is insane. I'll keep you posted and keep me posted. Email me at mentalpopcorntime with any feedback, comment, idea for the survival kit for the mental, any subject you'd like me to dive into around the insanity of the mind and the insanity of the times, good night and good luck, or good day, and merry, merry way.